Hey, good morning. Welcome to River Ridge Church. Uh, welcome you guys who are watching online. Glad everybody is here this morning. Um, Jay is not going to get fired um, for doing Around the Ridge today. I thought it went well. I got an applause, which is awesome. I got to tell you, though, watching him do it, I was a little worried when he did this. He goes, my name is Jay Teodoro. I'm like, you got to check on that, buddy. <laughs> you got bigger issues than Around the Ridge. And then he said, I want to give away my daughter for a dollar club. <laughs> I held Emily real close at that point. <laughs> hey, I am so thrilled um, to be here this morning. Uh, last week was Easter Sunday, and just what an amazing opportunity to gather to celebrate the resurrection of Christ. If you are here in person or online or outside, just so many uh, just beautiful things in so many different ways. Uh, and I'm thrilled that we have today uh, that kids are now in their own environments. And I love that for a lot of reasons. Um, I love the fact that they're able to be there and be loved by their small group leaders and learn in a way that really makes sense uh, for them. I also, honestly, I love that I don't have to compete with their screaming voices in here, uh, which is pretty nice for me. So, but just uh, thrilled to be here and excited for what God has for us this morning. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you uh, that you have some things to teach us about the church and that you have some things to teach us about ourselves as a part of the church. Uh, and Lord, I believe that you're going to challenge each one of us uh, in some very significant ways this morning. And I pray that we would just open our hands, open our hearts, open our minds to that which you might speak to us this morning about our own lives uh, and about how we are involved and interact with the church and, and your desire for the church. Lord, just let us be open to what you might speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name. So I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, and I grew up uh, in the 70s when I was elementary age, and that was the Reds were a huge thing. The Reds were still kind of big, but at that point it was the big red machine, if you're familiar with uh, Reds baseball. And so uh, one of the things that's really neat about Cincinnati is that opening day for the Cincinnati Reds and for Cincinnati is always a home game. And that comes from because the Cincinnati Reds were the first team in Major League Baseball, they always get to have a home opener. And so in Cincinnati, that was a huge deal, right? So the, and they always played it as like an afternoon game. It was usually like a 12.05 or 1.05 kind of start. And so seems like half the kids in my school would be missing because they would all go and watch the game. And then when we were in school, the teachers would always be like, if you are good this morning, then we can watch opening day this afternoon. And it was just awesome. The whole team, I mean, the whole city just celebrated opening day. And so if you're from Cincinnati, like the order of holidays are like Christmas, Easter, opening day, and then whatever comes after that. Like it was a huge deal. And so this morning... We're going to look, as part of the message this morning, starting the book of Acts, is we're going to look at opening day of the church and what happened on that first opening day. And there were some pretty amazing things that happened. Because this morning, we're going to start this series, which we've titled, We Are the Church. And basically what we're going to do is we're going to look at the book of Acts for the next nine weeks. So the book of Acts goes through, it's called the Acts, or sometimes people call it the Acts of the Apostles, uh, but it's really the Acts of what God did through the church. But we're going to look at that for nine weeks. 
And what we're going to do over these next nine weeks is we're going to look and we're going to ask some questions about this first church. We're going to ask questions like, what did the first church do and do we do those same things? And what did the church as a whole do, but also what did the individuals within the church do? What was God's purpose for the church and do we still live that purpose in our church today? You know, if somebody walked in from that first century church and they walked into River Ridge Church or they walked into another church in Charleston or in China or in Africa, would they walk in and go, yeah, this is kind of what we thought church would be like? Or would they be completely freaked out, you know? And would they be able to kind of see, yeah, this is the same or it's different? And we want to evaluate kind of who are we as a church against this first church in the book of Acts, but also evaluate our own lives against how do the people in the first church behave and how do they live and how do they interact with God and with each other. And so we're going to start with opening day. And opening day is what we refer to as Pentecost. Now, Pentecost was a Jewish festival that existed before the opening day of the church. It existed prior to that. It just, that's the way that God planned to begin the church on Pentecost. And so basically, if we go back a little bit in time, Pentecost means 50. And so it was 50 days after Passover was finished, they would celebrate Pentecost. And it was this festival to celebrate kind of the harvest and to thank God for all that he did in providing in the harvest. Well, 40 days before that, or excuse me, 50 days before that, we know, as we celebrated last Sunday, that Jesus rose from the dead. And then for 40 days, Jesus walked the earth, talked to the disciples, trained them, kind of shared a vision for what the future would be like, and then he ascended into heaven. But one of the things that he said, he said, I want you to wait here in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then when the Holy Spirit comes, then I want you to go out first to Jerusalem, then to Judea, then to Samaria, then to the ends of the earth. And he's giving these sort of concentric circles of where he wanted them to go. So he leaves, and so they're waiting in Jerusalem. Day one, day two, day three. And eventually, on day 10, after Jesus ascends, he, it was Pentecost. And on Pentecost, there are all these people that came from around, the, uh, from around Israel, even from around the world. Anybody that was Jewish uh, kind of descended on Jerusalem for this major holiday. And so that was the day that God chose as opening day of the church. And so what happened is they were together and kind of a lot of people around, and then it says that a mighty rushing wind came, and that was the Holy Spirit. And then there was this kind of supernatural thing where tongues of fire, this fire appeared over the people who were already believers. And then this other thing happened where they began to speak in other languages. They began to proclaim the goodness of God and the truths about God and about Jesus, and they began to proclaim these, the disciples, this small group of people, in all sorts of different languages. And so the people who are watching and hearing languages are like, this is kind of weird. I'm hearing people talk in my own language, but I don't think that person speaks my language. And the person, you know, a little bit over there is hearing it in their language. And so they came to this kind of conclusion, this wrong conclusion, like, these folks must be drunk. Like, it's not even 9 a.m. and they must be drunk. It's like, it's tailgate day at WVU. Like, they're drunk at 9 a.m. This is not the way it's supposed to be. So Peter gets up, and he stands up in front of all these people, and he goes, let me tell you what's going on. These people are not drunk, but here's what has happened. 
And then he gives this speech. It's about 10 minutes long. You'll get to read it this week as you're going through the book of Acts. I'm not going to read it for you now. But he gives this speech and he says, you know, this is what happened. Jesus was crucified. And then Jesus rose from the dead. And he ties the life of Jesus, the birth or the death, the resurrection of Jesus to Old Testament prophecies about Jesus and also about what's happening with people speaking these other languages. And he gets to the end. And it says that the people were cut to the heart. They recognized that they had a need in their lives. And so it says that they repented and were baptized. So we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 2, verse 41. And it says this. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. So 3,000 people became Christians on that day, on opening day. Pretty good first day for the church. Now, before, before this, there was about 120 people, it's estimated, who were believers in Christ, who were Christians. And so at, on this day, at the end of opening day, there were 3,120 Christians. Now, fast forward to today, 2021. It's hard to know exactly, but estimates generally say there are about 1 billion believers in our world today, living in, in, the, in the world today. And so you kind of ask this question of how did the church go from 3,120 people to a billion people and growing? How does that happen? And what we're going to do is we're going to look at about six verses in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. And it's going to give us a picture of what the first church was like. And what we're going to see in here, I'll give you a little bit of preview, is we're going to see that the church did some things. The people who made up the church did some things. And then God also did some things. And you put those two things together. You do, put together people doing what God has called them to do with God doing his thing. And the result is you go from about 3,000 people to a billion people who know Jesus Christ. So this is Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 42. So I'm going to go ahead and read the whole passage, and then we'll go back and break up and look at some bits and pieces of it. It says this. It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all who had any need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Now, what we're going to find in here is we're going to look at four things that this first church was devoted to. The people in the church were devoted to these Four things, And what's interesting, and you'll get the four by the end of today, and if you want to, by the way, take notes, it's on the River Ridge app. Um, but what we're going to see is these four things that they were devoted to, as you read the book of Acts on your own over the next couple of months, you'll see these same four things pop up over and over and over again. So in verse 42, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So they were committed to hearing and putting into practice the apostles' teaching. So Peter and James and eventually Paul a little bit later 
will begin to speak, and they were considered the apostles. So for us, we're going to talk about it's really in terms of God's word. So the first is be devoted to God's word. Be devoted to God's word. Now, here's what we're going to do all morning, essentially, is I want you to ask the question when we say be devoted. Is, use that as a reflective question to say, am I devoted to God's word? And ask yourself, are you devoted to God's word? You know, I, I would say this. If, if this, if Sunday morning is the only time that you interact with God's word, I'd say you're probably not devoted to God's word. I would challenge you with the question of, do you read God's word daily, regularly? Do you spend 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes, maybe more, in God's word, devoted to God's word? And not just hearing God's word, not just reading God's word, but saying, how can I put this into practice? Because that's the mark, that's one of the marks of this first church. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching. They were devoted to hearing and putting God's word into practice. And so Jay said this a little bit earlier, when you came in, you got this reading plan. And uh, I'm really excited about this, really for two reasons. One is I'm excited for all of us as a church to read through the book of Acts together. And so you've got this. If you're watching online, you can download it from riverridge.church. But I'm excited for all of us to do this together. But here's the second thing that I'm very excited about this, is if you look on here on the, on the blue side, it has an acronym. The acronym is SOAP, and it stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. And part of what I hope will happen is over this coming series that you will learn to read and get stuff and learn from the Bible on your own. And so this SOAP uh, acronym is, is designed to help you to do that. So S is Scripture. So you take out your journal, and you'll write down... This is the verse that stood out to me. You just write it out, just as it appears in your Bible. And then the O is observation. And you'll write down some observations that you see in the passage that you write. Say, oh, gosh, they prayed in this way, or, or God has the power to heal, or they made this bad decision, or they made this good decision, or whatever it is. You just write a couple of observations down. And then A is application. So you'll just write down, I want to apply this verse by, and then fill that in. I want to pray for Uncle John every day. I want to begin to pray for a friend's healing from cancer. I will, you know, whatever, to share the gospel. I'll try and listen to God more. I'll take more risks. Whatever it is that God says to you in that time, you just write that down. And then you just write out a one-sentence prayer. God, today, I, and then just do that. And the idea is that this will build a pattern or a habit to help you become devoted to God's Word. Because as you read God's Word, and as you learn from God's Word, you will become more and more devoted to following God's Word. Now, I want to, um, one more thing. This is kind of a new resource that I just found out about, and maybe you want to buy this on your own. So this is called a uh, Illuminated Scripture Journal. Uh, and Betsy Schock, our family ministry director, let me borrow this. Um, and it's really cool. This is from Proverbs, which is the last book that we did as a church. Um, but in this journal, you can buy this on you know, Amazon or Christian books or whatever. But on the one side is the scripture that is written out, printed out for you. And on the right side, you just write down your observations. So you go to Acts chapter 1 in this or Acts chapter 2 or whatever, whatever day you're on. And you would write soap down the left side. 
uh, here, and then you just write, here's the scripture, here's the observation, here's the application, here's the prayer, and you write that out. So anyway, that, that or if you want to go with the poor man's version of a journal, right here from Walgreens, $2.99. There we go. That's my version. Um, and then once you've done that, I encourage you, if you have Facebook, to listen to the devotion and kind of interact and share with other folks each morning at 8 a.m. what that's about. Here's the second thing. Is says this. Let me find it. it. Says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. Okay, so the second thing is they were devoted to is they were devoted to the fellowship. Now, when you think about fellowship, all f- different kinds of things may come to mind. But for some of you, this picture comes to mind when we talk about the fellowship, right? Uh, any Lord of the Ring fans out there? Okay, a couple of you. So I'm, I'm, I'm not a super fan. I know a little bit, but probably just enough to be dangerous. So if I say something wrong about Gandalf or the short guy, let me know, okay? Um, but here's the thing about the fellowship of the ring, and I think it actually provides a good picture of when it says fellowship of what that looks like because the, all of those people, the, you know, the, the dwarves and the, um, what are the other short people called? The hobbits, thank you, yes, and the wizards. I mean, there. So there's all these people who come together, and they all have these different gifts, but they come together in friendship, in fellowship, for a greater purpose to go, Maldor the Ring to Gandalf or something like that. What is it? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Drop the ring in the mountain. Is that what they're trying to do? Yes, thank you. Okay. Gonna get some hate mail today about that. I'll get it straight for the second service. It'll be great. But here's the thing is, um, but they come together for this common purpose. And that's such a great picture of the church. It's all of these diverse people with different gifts and, and attributes and ages and, and likes and dislikes and political interests. Everybody comes together with their own thing for the single purpose of sharing Jesus Christ and being committed to one another. Now, it says um, in here, it also says they were devoted to, and this is something that I, I've read this a bunch of times. I've given sermons on this a few times, and I never noticed this one word. And it's the word the. It says they were devoted to the fellowship, not just to fellowship in general. And here's why that struck me this week, is when it comes to the church, I think sometimes we're committed to fellowship, and when we're just committed to fellowship, it's like, I want my needs met. Like, I want to make sure I'm in a Bible study that's perfect for me. I want to make sure that I have friends that are good for me. I want to make sure that I'm with folks on a Friday or Saturday night that, that's good for me. And, and when, when we're just committed to fellowship, we're committed to fellowship for ourselves. But that's not what it says. It says they were committed to the fellowship. That means they were committed to one another. And I think too often in the church, we're just maybe too quick to move on because our needs aren't getting met. But we look at this and say, you know what true fellowship is? It's not being committed to my fellowship, what my needs. It's being committed to the good or the fellowship of the entire church or the people that I'm around or the people that who are there. There's some other verses in here um, that help us to see what it means to be committed to the fellowship. Verse 44 says this. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. That they were committed 
to one another. They cared for one another in such a way that they gave up of their own possessions. Like, you need a donkey? You can borrow my donkey for the day. You need some seed to plant your corn? I'll give you some corn seed. You need this? I, I have too much of this. I can, and they had this thing going on where they sold their possessions for each other. You know, one of the things that we say around River Ridge, our, one of our core values is we are contributors, not consumers. And that's a mark of this first church. As I said, I am committed to you. I'm going to contribute to you instead of just consuming and making it all about me. You know, one of the things that I have loved about River Ridge over this last couple weeks as we have geared up for family ministry is a lot of folks have stepped up and said, I will help. A lot of folks are going to be watching online later because they're with kids there, and then they're going to go home with kids and not be able to be in big church with us. And I love the fact that people sacrifice for that. I love the fact that there's folks sitting in the audiovisual booth here and then back over there, the live stream booth, that say, you know what, I'm going to give up a little bit of myself and my own ability to worship so that I can make the worship experience better for other people. That's what it means to serve. And part of the reason that we talk about and encourage you to get involved in serving is because that's an essential part of being a part of the fellowship in terms of serving and caring for other people. It also says in verse 46, it says, And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. And it says that they met in the temple court, so that could hold the 3,000 people or more, 5,000 people, whatever number it was that gathered. But it also says they met in their homes, and they broke bread together in their homes. And that's an important part of a component of River Ridge Church, is we have home groups and men's groups and women's groups, and sometimes they meet on Zoom because they're right now, and sometimes they meet around a fire pit, and sometimes in person. But we have these groups that are a part of how we as a church care for one another. And if you want to be a part of a group and you're not part of a group, you know, reach out to Jay Teodoro. <laughs> but I'll, there we go. Uh, but reach out to Jay Teodoro, uh, and he will uh, help you find a group. So going back to verse 42, they were devoted themselves to, says, the breaking of bread. And so breaking of bread was a way that they talked about communion, that we call it communion. They call it the breaking of bread. But in the breaking of bread... Um, what they did or what they experienced was God's presence in their lives. And so we're going to say, be devoted to God's presence. And this one is so important because when we celebrate communion, what we're doing is we're saying the foundation of my faith, the solid rock foundation of my faith is Jesus Christ and him crucified. The foundation of my faith the foundation of your faith is not your devotion to God. And it's important that this one is in there, that we understand that, because it could be easy to kind of go, okay, if I'm devoted to God's word, if I'm devoted to each other, if I'm devoted to prayer, that's the next one. If I'm devoted to these things, then that's my, my faith has a solid foundation. No. The foundation of your faith is Jesus Christ. And so we want to be devoted to being in the presence of God. And then the last one, it says they were devoted to the prayers. So the fourth one for us is be devoted to prayer. As we look at this, they prayed, and you're going to see this in the book of Acts, but they prayed for each other. They prayed for healing. They prayed for rescue. They prayed for God's word to go out. They prayed about decisions. They prayed about all kinds of different things. 
And so I would ask you again to look in the mirror and to say, what does your prayer life look like? And as you read through the book of Acts, I think you're going to see some things that will maybe challenge what your prayer life looks like or give you kind of potential of what it could look like. So we look at these things in the mirror. We ask, am I devoted to God's word? Am I devoted to the fellowship, to loving other people? Am I devoted to having God's presence in my life? Am I devoted to prayer? And we use that as a mirror. This first church, they were devoted to that. And so here's what happened. This is verse 47. It says, Praising God and having found, excuse me, praising God and having favor with all the people, the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. It says, The Lord, it says, Praising God and having favor. You see, what happened is they did these things. They cared for each other. They shared their possessions. They loved well. They loved God well. They prayed for other people. They proclaimed the gospel. And when they did that, it says that they found favor with the people around them. That the people noticed who were not believers yet. They said, there's something different about this group. Look how they care for each other. Look how they feed the poor. Look how they care for the community around them. And that's one of the things that I love about River Ridge Church. I think we do a really good job of caring for the community. You talk about Dollar Club. Every week we're making a major impact on somebody or some organization in the community. Talk about a Big Kick soccer camp and having thousands of kids come through Big Kick soccer camp. Talk about churches left the building when we go intentionally and serve in the community. And one of the things I love being about in our community is when people, you know, people always say, hey, my name's Matt. What's your name? What do you do for a living? You know, I'm a pastor at River Church. I'm like, oh, I don't go there, but I've heard good things about it. People who go to other churches, people who don't go to church, we have a good reputation. We're finding favor in the community because we do these things well. And then it also says, it ends with, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And it's important to understand this part. It says the Lord added to their number. We cannot force somebody to be a Christian. We can't make somebody be a Christian. We do on our side. We're devoted to God. We're devoted to each other. We pray. We, we pray. We remember God's presence. We remember the foundation of our faith. We do these things, and then God adds to the number. We can't make people become Christians but we trust and we pray that God would pull on hearts and that people would make decisions to become Christians. 